You are listening to the Ditch the Budget podcast, and I'm your host, Heidi Ramore. I'm a wife, a mom of two young boys, and I've spent the last 17 years in financial services as a licensed financial planner, insurance specialist, and debt crusher. My goal is to show you that there's more to life than counting calories and paying bills, and that you truly can get out of debt and build wealth without the restrictive budgets and complicated spreadsheets. So if you're ready to reduce your financial stress and truly live the life of your dreams, then tune in and let's do this. So I really wanted to have this conversation because I feel like September energy is, I don't know, it's just like it's September energy has its own way of being, right? So for me, it's, it's kind of like a start for a new calendar year. It's a chance to really declutter and just reorganize things that might not that have kind of fallen away with summer energy right so I really feel like in summer we are just you know really trying to soak up all of the moments all of the things our spending can sometimes be I mean our spending is our spending in summer it just is what it is and we can of course plan for that especially if you do find that the summer months are more expensive for you or you have more dollars going out to do certain things so we can definitely plan for that but what I really love about fall is just this whole notion of like a fall harvest even right so if we're looking at a farmer and we're looking at you know their crops that they've spent all summer tending to and really you know putting love in and watering and just making sure that their crops are, are doing well. Now they get to reap the rewards of that in, in fall. And so I really feel like when it comes to our money and our finances, we can learn a lot from that and we can capitalize on this fall energy to really help us reach our end of the year goals. So really what I wanted to do today is talk to you about how you can capitalize on that fall energy. And really you have a great opportunity now until the end of the year to make some serious changes to your finances. So I wanna just dive right in into this conversation. And I really think that the very first thing that you need to do is you need to define what that goal is. So what is it that you want to achieve by the end of the year? Is it debt that you wanna pay off? Is it a savings goal that you might have in mind? Is it just being able to, I don't know, have this ease with your with your finances? Is it something around the home that will really help you maybe achieve some of your core desired feelings? So I've been really talking a lot about this when it comes to how do we want to feel, especially when it comes to our money. And I really think that if we can really start to align how we want to feel with our spending, it, it just changes the game for us. It's just really, really cool to, to watch that happen once we start using that lens of how do I want to feel and does buying this item make me feel that way? And sometimes the answer to that is no, it doesn't make me feel calm or it doesn't make me feel energized if those are my, my core desire feelings. Sometimes it's just we have to buy something because we need it. But when it comes to things that we don't necessarily need, it's more of a want or something like that. I really do think that we have to put it through a little bit of a filter. And in fall, we really have that opportunity to kind of come back and regroup and really redefine what those core desired feelings are if we haven't ever done that exercise and also define what our goals are. So I really think that that's step number one. How do you want to feel? And then let's define what our end of year goals are. So if it's saving, if it's a debt payoff, if it's you want to ask for a raise if or a promotion, anything like that, I think that it's really great time to 
regroup and reconnect with, with some of those things. If you are somebody who shares finances with a partner, those conversations that maybe went a little bit by the wayside during the summer, because again, summer energy, we're busy. I think it's a really great opportunity to recapitalize on that and start having a standing time where you can really have a conversation with your partner and your spouse about money, right? So whether it's once a week, once a month, whatever that looks like for you, it's having that regular touch in with, with each other to say, okay, what are our goals? What do we want to accomplish by the end of the year? And how are we going to help each other get there? So that's a really, really great place to start is defining those goals, defining how you want to feel. And then we start breaking it down from there. So what I really like to do, and one of the things that I've really encouraged some of my clients that have challenges, especially if they're one of their core desired feelings is to feel calm and organized and just like less chaotic. Part of what I find happens with my clients is like when our conversations is that they're telling me that they're feeling very overwhelmed and that's really common, right? So we have, as women, we've got tons of balls in the air. We're likely the ones that are managing money in our home. Again, it's a generality, but usually, you know, we're the ones buying the teacher gifts, getting back to school stuff, all organized, running the home, running our finances. And it becomes a lot. It becomes a really big load. I call it the load of motherhood, right? And even if you don't have children, like I just think as women, we ha we carry this extra load because we're constantly, our brain just doesn't shut off. Like maybe that resonates with some people. Definitely for me, my brain is always like, okay, so I saw the snowsuits at Costco. Do I buy them now? Do I wait? Will they be there next time? Like my brain is just constantly going. And so I really think that once we figure out what our goals are, our next step is really to do a brain dump and really get honest with yourself of the things that you, that only you can do out of that list, out of that brain dump. And what are some things that you can actually delegate to your kids, to a partner, to outside help, like hiring that help in? What are some things that you can actually get off of your plate to try to remove some of that overwhelm and try to remove some of the super mom, super woman, you know, and I think that that is really, really important as a culture, as a society. And I definitely felt this. I had a hard time and I still do asking for help. Hard time asking for help. It makes me feel very uncomfortable. I know that I can do it, but when I can pay somebody maybe to clean my house better than I can, if I have the means to do that, why wouldn't I do that? And so it really becomes an opportunity to, to write everything down. So one of the things that I did right before the schools went, the kids went back to school was I had to take a look at, did their clothes fit from, you know, their winter clothes from last year? Some of my kids are relatively the same size. One's a little bit taller. And so hand-me-downs don't really happen as much as I would love them to. But there are some things that definitely, because they have different shaped bodies and they are a little bit different in height and weight that, you know, I can pass on to my younger, my younger son. So I wanted to go through their drawers. I wanted to organize everything, see what fit, donate what didn't or sell what didn't, whatever the case may be, and just really have that organization. But when it comes down to it, did I have to do that? Like, really, did it have to be me that did that? And the answer to that is no, like that is not a Heidi job. Heidi does not need to, I'm not the only one, like I can take my ego out of it for a second. I'm not the only one that can organize the kids. I could have tasked them with that. And what ended up happening was I did this exercise of a brain dump. I wrote down everything that I wanted to do, 
Like you can't see my office, but my office is a disaster right now. It's a little bit of a dumping ground for a little bit of everything. And so I know that that's adding to like my feeling of stress, overwhelm, chaos. And I don't want to feel that way. I want to feel calm. That is like one of my core desired feelings. I want to feel calm. So I know for me, having an organized home is really going to help me achieve that. And so what I did was I actually did do this brain dump and I went through it and I circled all of the things that only I could do. So things for work, obviously, recording videos, doing a podcast, things like that. that that's something only I can do for, for my business. But there's pretty much everything else. Like I technically could delegate if I wanted to. Now, I also looked at capacity, like who had the capacity to do this? So over the weekend, before the kids went back to school, I literally took out all of their clothes and I made them try on their pants because their pants are the, the one thing that, you know, they had to try them on to see if I, if I, if they would fit or not. But I let them do that with grandma. So my mom's here. And so grandma really helped with that. And then they put it in two piles for me. I actually didn't participate in that process at all. And that is just one way of had I not done that brain dump, I probably would have done that. I probably would have taken that half an hour, hour that it took when I could have been doing something else. So I think it's to capitalize on this fall energy of like a restart and, um, especially for me, the need to declutter and just kind of get reorganized and back on track on a few things. I need to find the areas where, where can I get some things off of my plate? And that is really how I do it. I brain dump everything. I actually categorize some things, but you don't have to be that detailed in type A crazy anal about it. You just literally write down everything that's in your head, whether it's organizing your office, going through the kids' clothes, decluttering your own closet, is it registering kids for swimming lessons, which I missed by the way, Ugh, so annoying. Anyway, so things like that, like you can just literally write down all of the things that's in your brain that will help you with your feeling of overwhelm for sure. But it also will help you see what actually needs to get done right now. And then look at your goals. Is organizing my office gonna get me to this goal of feeling calm? Yes, so that needs to be a high priority for me. For you, that might not be a high priority for you. So you can start to see where things start popping out of what you're brain dumping down and then like what you're writing out as your brain dump. But what I think is really cool about this is when you actually look at all of the 50 to 100 things that end up coming out of your brain during that exercise and you really take your ego out and you start circling what is something that only I can do, nobody else can do it, you start to see how we're actually adding to our overwhelm and our chaos. Um, and we're the ones doing that because there was a lot that I noticed that I'm doing that I don't need to be doing. And so that is, I think, something that is really going to be helpful for you, especially when we look at four months, let's reach, reach our goals by the end of the year and really capitalize on this energy. So that's my first tip for you is to define that goal, to figure out how you want to feel. And then from there, I want you to brain dump everything from your head and just get it on a piece of paper, circle the things that only you can do, and then prioritize and cross-reference that between, does this make me feel how I want to feel? And is this getting me to my goal? So if the answer to that is yes, then that's something that you definitely want to prioritize. So I think that that's a really great way to do that. And for some of you, that might be organizing your money stuff, right? If you're finding that your your money is just kind of 
flew out the door during the summer. Now is a chance to like come back. Let's reorganize things. If you need help with that. I'm still offering my free sessions to help you find $500. We, I do this very consistently with, with clients. And so I help show you where some of your money leaks are. And I think that's really, really cool. And one of them, actually two of them that you can start to solve right now are back to school. So if you're somebody that went back to school shopping, of course, we know inflation has happened and things are costing a lot more. And if your kids also went through a growth spurt like mine did, you did have to buy a bunch of new stuff. And so to have that be less for next year is take a look at what you spent. What did you spend on back to school? Let's say it was $120. And the reason why I'm picking $120 is because it's easy for me to do the math. But you essentially have 12 months now because they're going to go back to school again next year. This is a known event. We know this is going to happen again. So now what we can do is we can say, okay, I spent $120 this year. I'm going to put aside $10 for the next 12 months so that I have my back to school fund already saved. So that's a sinking fund. We're taking a known expense that does not happen monthly. It's a once a year expense. And I am just dividing it by the number of months I have to save. So right now we have the opportunity to save for 12 months. So let's do it. So what we're going to be doing is creating a back to school sinking fund. And I think that's a really, really great example. And if you spent more, then you're just going to get out of your calculator. It's no big deal. It's not a scary exercise. You're going to say, well, I spent $500. Okay. So $500 divided by 12 is now $42 a month. Okay. And if you're paid twice, twice a month or bi-weekly, it's $22 a paycheck, right? And you're just going to put that aside in a separate account. If you need help on how to do this, please reach out to me. I'm, I'm really happy to help you do that and figure that out. So that's the first sinking fund that I would definitely be creating, especially if you have kids and you found, you know, that back to school expense was a little bit higher. The second one I really want you to focus in on is the holidays. You know, I know obviously we're just starting into fall. It's still really hot here where I live. It was rainy today, but it's, you know, Christmas is, is starting to pop up. I'm already seeing decorations pop up in the store. So now I'm starting to think about, okay, I've got Thanksgiving, I've got the holiday, Christmas holidays. So how can I get as prepared as possible for those events? So again, we can create a sinking fund with that. So if it's Christmas and you wanna spend $1,000 at Christmas, we've got four months, get out your calculator again, unless you're really good with math in your head, take $1,000 divided by four, $250. That's what you need to save each and every month from now until Christmas in order to be able to pay for that in cash without having it go on credit and then starting off the new year on a on a foot that's like oh here I am again I'm back in debt or you know we just start to shame and guilt ourselves into certain things so those are really two things that I would two sinking funds that I would for sure create three if you if you also host Thanksgiving so we do and here in Canada our Thanksgiving is in October so I only have about a month but I can plan for it so if I haven't been doing it which I have but it, let's just assume that I haven't been doing it. Well, now I have the opportunity to really look ahead and say at the end of October or actually the beginning of October, I'm going to have a house full of people. So I'm going to prioritize my spending to make sure that I have a little bit extra every week to kind of put towards that. 
So if it's grocery shopping, maybe this month I'm not going to buy the steaks. Maybe this month I'm just not going to go crazy with going out with girlfriends and things like that, right? I'm going to take a look at what's coming up so that I can really hit those goals and achieve those goals as best as possible. So I really believe that fall is a great time to sit down, regroup, declutter your money, really start to release some past mistakes from the year. If you're not where you thought you would be at this point in the year, it's okay. Like it's okay. I don't, I think that a lot can happen really quickly, especially at the end of the year, you still have time to finish this year strong. And how I would do that is by redefining our goals, defining how we want to feel. I would also be brain dumping all of that onto a piece of paper. I would be looking at what is it that only I can do and focusing in cross-referencing between does this get me to my goals? Does this get me to feel how I want to feel? And then what I'm going to do is create a couple of sinking funds if I haven't already for back to school, for the Christmas holidays and for Thanksgiving. So I hope this is helpful for all of you. I would love to hear what you think and how you're going to be capitalizing on fall energy. And I will see you next time on the next episode of the Ditch the Budget podcast. Bye everyone. You are listening to the Ditch the Budget podcast, and I'm your host, Heidi Rumor. I'm a wife, a mom of two young boys, and I've spent the last 17 years in financial services as a licensed financial planner, insurance specialist, and debt crusher. My goal is to show you that there's more to life than counting calories and paying bills, and that you truly can get out of debt and build wealth without the restrictive budgets and complicated spreadsheets. So if you're ready to reduce your financial stress and truly live the life of your dreams, then tune in and let's do this.